0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان عده الشهور عند الله 12 عشر شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والارض يوم خنق السماوات والأرض منها أربعة حرم ذلك الدين القيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتطل محارم تكون الناس أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. Most respected Allahu Maikram, brothers and elders. We have entered into a new year. The Islamic calendar, the Hijrah calendar commenced and we are in the first month. This is very very important for every Mu'min to keep track of Islamic dates. This is our original date. This is our date. As far as keeping track of the Gregorian calendar, the English calendar as you may call it, that as a matter of necessity because we live in a land where things are all identified and itemized as per that date so therefore we will keep track of that on the level of necessity but not that a person doesn't even know what is the Islamic date, doesn't have any idea when the various important occasions are coming in terms of the Islamic calendar, so a mu'min keeps track of what is his original practice what has been given to him by Rasulullah sallallahu sallam, by the sahaba Ikram. So this is our calendar and this is what we should be keeping in mind all the time. This Hijrah calendar we understand it 1422, 1442 after Hijrah. So, this commence, the calculation of this commence from the time of the Hijrah of Rasulullah. Sallallahu this happened in the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala that he gathered the Sahaba and he put this forward to them that we should have a calendar. Prior to this, things were calculated as had been happening from long before from the incident of the elephants that this happened so many years after the incident of the elephants the very well-known incident when Abrahar tried to come and destroy the Kaaba Sharif with the huge army of elephants then Allah Ta'ala caused the small little birds to come along and drop small little pebbles and that became the source of the destruction the means of the destruction of this entire mighty army of elephants Allah Ta'ala's Qudrat was manifested on this occasion, and this being such a miraculous incident, that became the calculation point. But Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab said, We need to have something specific which identifies some aspect of deen. So the Sahaba all gave various suggestions which should be the starting point of the calculation of the Islamic calendar. But just to get to the main point, eventually it was the hijrah the migration of Rasulullah it was not the date of the birth or the date of the passing on of Rasulullah or the battle of Badr for that matter or the battle of Uhud for that matter so, it's so many various options but out of all these options it was the Hijrah and obviously the sahaba ikram in a personality like Sayyidina in ibn Khattab and the other rest of the very great and prominent Sahaba that were present at that time all unanimously came to this point that this is where we should start off from. So this was not just by chance just something without any reasoning that this was just chosen as the calculation date. There was a very deep lesson behind it. There was a lesson for the whole Ummat, Qiyamat. That this Hijrah was the turning point in the entire tide. The tide was turned with the Hijrah. The Dawat of Rasulullah started from the time Nubu'at was conferred upon him and the very difficult time in Makkah Mukarramah and then eventually the command of Allah came for Hijrat and in Hijrat and migration what was required that every person who was able to make that Hijrat he had to leave behind everything leave behind his birthplace leave a la- behind the land of his forefathers. Leave behind that business that he might have already established very well. Leave behind his home. Leave behind his family. Leave behind everything on the order of Allah. Ta'ala, and move towards Allah's command. فَفِرُّوا ila اللَّهِ That flee towards Allah. Ta'ala. And on this command of Allah Ta'ala, to make hijrat to Medina Munawwara, the sahaba kiram on the order of Rasulullah, they left everything behind. And knowing full well in their hearts and minds that this is something we're never coming back to permanently. So it was on the order of Allah ta'ala that all this was left behind. And they migrated to Medina munawwara not knowing what's going to be awaiting them there. What kind of welcome they will get, though they got the best welcome. But when they migrated they had no idea what's coming up. They didn't have any idea how they're going to continue with day-to-day life. No means of survival that they had. But on the order of Allah Ta'ala they were ready to do everything. Now this is that lesson that we are to take. Every day the person sees the Islamic date. That it is today the 8th of Muharram 1442. So now it's 1442 after Hijrah. So the Hijrah must come to mind. And every person meant to take this lesson of the Hijrah and to become a Muhajir in every moment of his life. To become a Muhajir in every moment of his life, in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah has declared, Al-Mujahidu man Jahad nafsahu fi That the real Mujahid, the real Mujahid is the one who struggles against his nafs. In fulfilling the commands of Allah Taala, in making sure that he is obedient to Allah Taala at all times, there is a temptation to look at haram. He doesn't give in to that temptation. He makes mujahada against that temptation, and he does what Allah Taala is pleased with. There is a temptation to keep sleeping at the time of fajr. He does not sleep at the time of fajr. He wakes up, and he goes on to the house of Allah Taala. He joins the jama'ah in the Masjid to fulfill the command of Allah Taala. He doesn't shirk in that regard. It's a time of Zuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. Whatever things come in his way at that time, al-Mujahidu man Jahad nafsahu fi ta'atillah He is a true Mujahid. He struggles against that nafs, against those temptations, against those obstacles, and he proceeds to the house of Allah to perform his Salah with He forsakes whatever else comes in his way. That is a muhajiru. The next part of this Hadith Sharif Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says Well مَنْ هَجَرَ man Hajarama Nahallahu An." So the true muhajir, and this muhajir is a muhajir at every moment of his life. The hijrat that a person makes from one place to another, as soon as he's reached the destination, Mashallah, he got the sawab and the very tremendously great rewards of that hijrat, but that hijrat is now done. But the person who is a true muhajir, the B.S. says man hajara, means to leave, like the Sahaba-e-Kiram left Madina Mukarramah for Madinah, on the order of Allah wa Taala. The true muhajir is the one who leaves out, ma nahallahu an, whatever Allah T.A. is forbidden. So every moment of his life is sometimes tested, he steps out of his house, he is tested. In his business, he is tested, in his work, in his occupation, he is tested. Inside his house is tested to. How he conducts himself as a husband, how he conducts himself as a father, how he conducts himself as a son, how he conducts himself with people around him he is tested. Does he forsake what Allah Ta'ala is displeased with? Forsake the vulgarity? Forsake the poor and terrible conduct and akhlaq? Does he forsake the things that Rasulullah has cautioned us against? So now the person who is leaving out, every moment he is expected to leave out those things that come in the way of the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And every time that he acts upon this, stops doing anything that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with, comes back to the itat and the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. He by giving up what Allah Ta'ala is forbidden, he is a muhajir. And inshallah, he continues living his life in this manner continuously making hijrat from sin because this is the real muhajir, this is the real muttaqi. like in the hadith sharif, Rasulullah says that ittaqil maharim takun Abadan nas that give up haram MashaAllah these beautiful occasions come up these very auspicious days and nights come like we are now on the eve almost of the Mubarak occasion of Ashura the tenth of Muharram it is a very, very great and auspicious occasion. The person who fasts on the 10th of Muharram, the virtue that Rasulullah has mentioned, that it becomes a means of the compensation of the sins of the past year. All the minor sins, which is not minor in, in reality. It's minor in terms of the classification of the Fuqaha have made. Otherwise, any disobedience of Allah is very serious. And it's minor in comparison to other greater sins. But otherwise in itself, Disobedience of our Creator, our Rab, Disobedience of our nourisher and sustainer. Disobedience of that being who fed us through whose permission we take every breath. That a person who now suddenly can't breathe and needs some machine to make him survive, some machine and ventilator to now make him breathe. Then a person realizes what is the value of every breath. That rub who's granted us this air to breathe for free. And despite all his ni'mats and countless bounties and ni'mats that we enjoy every moment, we disobeyed him? Is that minor? Is that small? Nothing is small about that. Yes, in the classification of fuqaha and the jurists, something is called minor comparison to something that is more serious than it. So this Mubarak occasion, the person fast from the 10th of Ashur- Muharram, the day of Ashura, becomes a means of the forgiveness of the minor sins of the previous year, what a tremendously great virtue and benefit. Then among the very great virtues that have been mentioned that man wasa allahu that the person who is generous upon his family on the day of Ashura, the tenth of Muharram, which commences from Maghrib on Saturday in our case. So Allah Ta'ala will be generous upon him throughout the year. So now this generosity within his means, within his capacity without burdening himself with something he doesn't have. Doesn't require him to go and take a loan from anywhere. Within his capacity, he spends a little extra on his family. Allah Ta'ala will grant him barakat and blessings throughout the year. So what a tremendously great bounty and benefit from Allah Ta'ala's side. Such great blessings and rewards. So mashallah on the one side a person should take the opportunity fast on the tenth of Muharram if he can and be generous upon his family and gain all these great benefits and bounties. But that is not where it ends, that is where it starts. It starts off by taking these virtues, but together with that, the very crucial factor, that these occasions are to become means of getting back to Allah ta'ala. These are signboards that are meant to make us stop and take a look. Where am I heading? Which direction am I going in? Am I heading in the direction towards the pleasure of Allah wa ta'ala? Have I become a muhajir? Am I a true mujahid? Am I making mujahada against my nafs? Am I making true hijrat from sin all the time? And forsaking whatever Allah ta'ala has forbidden? So this is the very essence of all these occasions. To come back to Allah ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is saying, I will forgive your sins. So what does this mean? That then get this forgiven and carry on doing what you need to do? No, you start off on a new note, so now keep it clean. And now when a person gets this great virtue of the forgiveness of his minor sins, this should spur him now to make sincere Tawbah. To make sincere Tawbah from every sin, with the firm resolution not to go back to it, with remorse and regret in his heart. How could I have done this? How could I have disobeyed my Rabb? So this is the true essence of these occasions, that a person comes back to Allah, Taala make sincere Tawbah, gives up all that sin and vice. So the Hadith Sharif we were discussing, Rasulullah wasallam says, tafil maharim. Give up what is haram. kun abadan الناس You will become the greatest Abid. The greatest Ibadat, the greatest Ibadat is to give up sin. MashaAllah, all these Ibadat we should take advantage of. Fasting of the 10th of Muharram, making extra Ibadat, any time of the day and night, any nawafil, and we should be trying to do the best we can. Person tries to wake up for tahajjud, mashallah. Person performs his ishraq, chash, tawabeen. All these then making tilawat of the Quran sharif, making tasbihat, zikr, dua, and making whatever effort he can of deen. All this should continue and be increased. But if a person, mashallah, is making a lot of efforts in this regard, alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah. It is like filling the tank up with the pure water but then if he doesn't give up sin, he doesn't stop committing haram, he's not guarding his gaze, he hasn't deleted all that filth from his phone, he hasn't stopped committing haram in the various vices of gem, uh, de- the dens of the world, he's still indulging in all the other evils, then he has also made a huge hole under this tank, that hole is going to allow everything to drain out. All that nur that is going to enter the heart through this ibadah will drain out in one haram glance. It will drain out in all that filth that he spent that night on that haram. So this is the main thing that we have to bring back. Bring back the itaat of Allah Ta'ala, the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And these occasions come to remind us of what our destination is. Where are we heading to? We want to gain the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And to gain the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, the bottom line is obedience giving up haram, giving up sin. So on these occasions, we are meant to take a look at ourselves, take stock of our lives, and see where we are going, what direction we are taking, and make sincere tawbah, come back to Allah. So on the one hand, this is a lesson we get every time that we remind ourselves of what is the Islamic date today, we remind ourselves of the Hijrat, and we remind ourselves of this very great moment when the Sahaba al left everything for Allah wa Ta'ala, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi left his place of birth and as he left Makkah Mukarramah, he turned around and he looked in the direction of the Kaaba Sharif and he said, Oh Makkah, how I love you. We will never understand how he loved you. And the Kaaba Sharif being there, and had it not been for my people driving me out of this place, I would have never left. But on the order of Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also left. Now this is a lesson to leave what Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. This lesson we take from the Hijrat, that on the order of Allah, Ta'ala, they left the Kaaba Sharif. What about us leaving on the order of Allah, Ta'ala, what Allah Ta'ala has made Haram? So mashallah, this is the occasion that we have. Then on the 10th of Muharram, that is the actual day, the 10th of Muharram is the day of Ashura. But mashallah, every year that this occasion comes, we all very well understand that lesson that was given to us by Rasulullah himself when he was informed that the Jews also fast on the 10th of Muharram. Now, this was brought up to Rasulullah by the Sahaba Kiram because when they discovered this, whereas they were already fasting, meaning observing the 10th of Muharram, but when this became known to them, they came to Rasulullah very concerned. Why were they concerned? they were fasting because rasulullah sallallahu gave them the virtue of this what difference that it made if anybody else was doing something the issue was that it was so deeply ingrained in them that there should be no resemblance with the Yahud and nasara there should be no re- resemblance with anybody else the mu'min the mu'min has his most beautiful way in the way of rasulullah sallallahu the most perfect way of life he has everything of the best to leave what he has been given by Rasulullah Sallallahu <laughs> and to look elsewhere, that is a height of injustice to Rasulullah Sallallahu <laughs> and it is really the height of ingratitude to him for all that he has done for us, the untold difficulties and hardships that he experienced, the sacrifices that he had to make in order that we could receive this deen of Allah wa Taala, and we could be taking the name of Allah Taala in His house today. And now we leave his Mubarak way of life in all the various things that we do in life how we dress, how our families and children dress how we conduct our weddings, how we have our other day-to-day things going on the general lifestyle that we adopt we forget the Mubarak way of Rasulullah and we take somebody else's way what a great injustice this is and indeed it is these aspects that bring down the difficulties upon us when we have embraced the enemies of Rasulullah by embracing their way of life, how can we expect Allah mercy to come upon us? When Allah Ta'ala's most beloved gave us the most beautiful way of life, which Allah Ta'ala so dearly, Allah Ta'ala declares in the Quran Sharif, The cracks of the seas, following the footsteps of Rasulullah Allah Ta'ala loves this so dearly that you following in His Mubarak footsteps you will become the beloved of Allah Ta'ala. By merely emulating Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam you will become the beloved of Allah Ta'ala. So what will be the outcome if you start emulating the enemies of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? If we start adopting the ways of the Yahud and Nasara and start emulating the enemies of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in our day-to-day lives, in how we conduct our weddings how we conduct our businesses, how we live our general life, if this end by following in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this is going to make a person the beloved of Allah Ta'ala, embracing the ways of the enemies of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what is that going to draw down? If that is not going to draw down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala, what else is going to draw it down? If that is not going to take the Barakat out of those marriages, what else is going to take it out? if that is not going to make that home devoid of blessings and make it a kind of example of Jahannam then what else is going to do that? and to the extent that the Mubarak Sunnah of Rasulullah will be brought alive will be brought alive in that marriage, in that nikah will be brought alive in that home will be brought alive in that business will be brought alive in any aspect of life to that extent that Barakah and blessing will come to that extent that Sukoon and itminan and tranquility and peace will come so to the extent we want this peace, we want this happiness, we want this tranquility, there is no other route. That root is because the one who becomes the beloved of Allah Ta'ala, Allah will shower that sukoon upon him. Allah Ta'ala will shower that peace upon him. Then even if he is like other insan challenged externally, physically challenged, challenged by some illness, challenged by some financial situation, but his heart will be still with peace. His heart will still be in sukoon because his heart is connected to Allah Ta'ala who is the grantor of that sukoon and peace. So this is an occasion that comes where Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi the Sahaba came to him very very concerned that the Jews are also fasting on this day and we are now outwardly resembling them. This was such a deep lesson in them that this mere outward resemblance also shook them. Can we now continue with this? Should we continue with this? So they came to Rasulullah and mentioned this to him. So Rasulullah said to them that Sumu ashura wa khalifu That to start off with we are not fasting because of them This is a mere coincidence And this is a mere outward resemblance There is no resemblance in reality It just looks like a resemblance They are not doing it, we are not doing it because of them But despite that Despite that you continue keeping the fast of ashura Don't stop that, we are not doing it because of them but you still oppose their way. Oppose them in their outward resemblance as well. Sumu yeoman kablahu o yawman bada. You keep a fast before it or a fast after it as well. So you fast on the ninth and tenth of Muharram or you fast on the tenth and eleventh. Because this was such an auspicious occasion the Sahaba would never want to miss it out. So therefore they wanted to continue with it. Nabi Salah said, By all means, because this is a very great opportunity. It's not further than compulsory but something to try and take the benefit from as far as possible, not to lose out and miss out, but to oppose the way of the Yahud by fasting two days. they fasting one day now, we're fasting two. So we're not resembling them. This is how deep this lesson of not resembling the Yahud and Nasara, how deep this lesson was ingrained in the sahaba kiram and to what extent it was emphasized by Rasulullah Now, mashallah, this occasion comes. So we will all Whoever has the zeal, and mashallah, most people have that zeal and they do keep the fast of Ashura. Allah Taala increase the zeal. Allah Taala accept and grant those tremendous bounties and benefits. But when we do keep it, we all try to keep that too fast. We keep the fast on the ninth as well and the 10th or the 10th and 11th. So now this is the time to remind ourselves. I'm keeping this too fast, why? What was the background to this? The day of Ashura is the 10th of Muharram and the virtues of Ashura is for the 10th of Muharram why am I fasting the 9th as well? I'm fasting the 9th because Rasulullah has given this directive that fast 2 days to oppose the ways of the Yahud so now mashallah the person in that zeal is fasting 2 days but then have we taken the lesson as well or after having fasted 2 days we forgot about it and left it behind and then continued even in those 2 days living our lives in many many aspects Emulating the ways of the Yahud and masah What a tragedy that would be. That such a wonderful occasion came, and gave us such a practical lesson. There are many lessons which are given to us as the theory. And we have to adopt that. It becomes part of a person's mindset. It becomes part of his shaping his heart. But Subhanallah, this is such a practical lesson. That he lived this. He fasts an additional day. But then despite this practical lesson, he forgets the message, forgets the lesson in it what a tragedy. So mashallah while fasting two days let us also sit and stop and take a look around us, take a look within us how many things are there that are resembling the Yahud and Masara in my life, in my heart, how many things I aspire for which are part of their culture and way of life how many things that I really aspire for which is not part of a mukmin's life, it's part of the way of life Somebody who is far away from Deen, far away from Iman. person whose aspiration is only this, how to make dunya Jannad. Is that my aspiration? That at any cost, whether Deen allows something or not, I must keep increasing the numbers. That aspiration is not the aspiration of a Mu'min. A Mu'min, he makes his moderate effort, whatever Allah Ta'ala blesses him with. But he lives with contentment. Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with something and somebody else with 100 times more. But he lives with contentment. That's not his aspiration. That's not his object of life. How to keep increasing the numbers? And there's never a line. No, that's not his aspiration. His aspiration is akhirat. Wa shawqa ila like in one hadith sharif, the dua of Rasulullah Ya Allah, grant us this yearning to meet You. Wa lazbatan ila wajik, wa shawqa ila Ya Allah, the day will come when we must be blessed with your vision in Akhirat let us be yearning that and yearning to meet you this is aspiration of a mu'min dunya, he'll love dunya he'll take whatever effort he has to make he'll earn his halal living but his aspiration is Akhirat then around us what kind of aspiration I I have of how I want to dress how my daughter must be dressed how my wife, my mother should be dressed this is a Really something that we should be looking at very, very seriously, very deeply. Where have we gone? Can we find any resemblance, very often can we find any resemblance? In the way that that dressing is adopted for some function sometimes, where some female will write to ask a question, is it permissible for me to attend this function? Where there's complete segregation. There's complete segregation, there's no intermingling. But the manner in which the women are dressed, I can't believe that a woman is embarrassed to be amongst such women. Now, is there any resemblance with the way of Rasulullah in this? And is there going to be any barkat and any rahmat of Allah that is going to descend on such a gathering? Or is this a way of drawing down and inviting the azab of Allah? These are just two examples. The time of But to stop and think, sit with our families, start taking stock of ourselves, start looking into our lives. Looking into our homes, looking at how we do day-to-day things, and how far are we away from the Mubarak way of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? How, cl- how close are we towards the ways of the enemies of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Let us start taking some concrete decisions to start turning the tide. We can't probably do everything at one time. We can do at least one thing at one time immediately. Take a decision. I'm going to start turning the tide now, not tomorrow. At least something I must start turning the tide now. For a start at least change my heart. The aspiration of my heart. Start throwing one thing out at least. That is not anywhere close to the Mubarak way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Rather it's part of the way of his enemies. Make some decision. Make some joint resolution with our families. How are we going to move forward? How are we going to get closer to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa How are we going to get closer to his Mubarak way of life? How we are we going to become true muhajireen? Wal muhajiru man hajara ma'anaha The muhajir is one who forsakes what Allah ta'ala has forbidden. May Allah wa ta'ala grant us the true meaning of all these occasions, the essence of it, the real purpose of these occasions that we come back to Allah wa ta'ala. We make sincere Soba from that life of sin and disobedience. We also take the barakat and blessings of all these great amal and we come to the Mubarak way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We give up the way of his enemies and become true Ummatis of his. And in this way, inshallah, we can hope for his shafaat and intercession on the day of Qiyamah.